Hey there, welcome back to The Truth Somewhere, a conspiracy theory podcast. My name's Corey. I'm Megan. Megan, what are we talking about today? So, we have talked about U.S. military experimentation and research before. Uh-huh. Uh, namely, we talked about Project MK Ultra, which is a totally true thing that mm-hmm. sounds like a conspiracy. It's the one with uh, men who talk to goats, right? Yeah, and like yeah. LSD and lots of, lots of crazy stuff. So, mm-hmm. we know that the U.S. has done some weird stuff and pushed the envelope on humanity and morality when it comes to warfare research. Of course. So, we're going to talk about two more alleged U.S. military experiments. Uh, These ones haven't been proven by any declassified documentation and remain in the realm of merely conspiracy theory. Our favorite Uh, realm. Yes, our favorite realm. I think you'll understand why when we get there. Okay. Uh, We're going to start with the Philadelphia Experiment. Okay. The person at the center of this theory is a man named Al Bialek, alias Ed Cameron. And his story uh, is pretty unbelievable, but there's a lot of historical context that makes the story compelling. You said it's pretty unbelievable? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to actually believe it, or... No, you are not going to believe this when we get... Like, you'll believe parts of it, but it's going to get so out of hand that you're going to be like, nope, there's just no way. There's no way. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's how I felt researching it. Okay. I was like, I don't feel like this is that crazy, and then suddenly, like, a hammer of crazy got dropped down all on right, me. All right, all right. All right. So, um, in the 1930s, the U.S. Navy was working on Project Rainbow, mm-hmm. which was a legitimate project in which the Navy was experimenting with electromagnetism in an effort to effectively cloak Lockheed U-2 jets from Soviet radars. That makes sense. So, this part isn't a conspiracy. This is historically accurate information. Mm-hmm. And we have achieved some level of, like, quote, invisibility in the form of stealth cloaking on the F-35 now. Mm-hmm. Um, between radar-absorbing materials, infrared sensors, uh, the F-35 becomes effectively invisible to both radars and the naked eye. Uh-huh. By manipulated the, manipulating the direction of uh, visible and near-infrared light or electromagnetic waves. So literally, like, it's not just radar invisible. It manipulates light and electromagnetic waves so you couldn't just see it with your eyeballs. Uh, I mean, kinda. It's, no, that's it's direct like, from Lockheed's website. I, I know what they said, but that's like... When you write a resume and you say you're the most amazing thing in the world and this is my mm-hmm. capabilities, you're selling yourself up a little sure. bit. Sure. They did say wholly uh, or partially right. invisible to the naked eye. Right. I mean, you put a you place a mirror in the right place in the sky and it'll be invisible too. Uh, I don't know how they're how they're doing it and I've never looked into the I haven't looked into uh this um their cloaking. Mm-hmm. But I I, I will. For sure, um, especially after this. But I, I'm pretty sure that it's it's probably simple physics that mm-hmm. are being exploited, and it probably has something to do like old old bombers. Their stealth is all based off of design mm-hmm. and the fact that um, radio waves, which is used for radar, um, don't reflect back to the radar uh, receiver, and really that's all our eyes are too. Electromagnetic wave. Mm-hmm detectors and if it does the same thing then that's really all it is it's just reflecting the light in yeah. a different direction it's still really cool like right. that that sounds like science fiction in my brain okay i understand okay. that it's not science fiction but like that's just really cool that is and cool. it sounds yeah. like something that would be a conspiracy like oh yeah we've figured out how to like reflect back infrared and electromagnetic waves so that you can't see this thing what okay, okay. like i believe it though that's that's it's pretty cool so I'm just giving some credence to what they were working right. on in the 1930s. Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Okay, okay. Um, 
Sailors who served during that time period of Project Rainbow confirmed that Einstein was directing a program to help uh, degauss ships, which is to remove unwanted magnetism. Yep. Uh, so that the ships would be safe from magnetic mines used by the Nazis. Makes sense. Uh, apparently the experiment wrapped the ships in electromagnetic coils to achieve the degaussing. So mm-hmm. that's like, that's a thing that actually happened. Yeah, uh, um, it's a thing that still happens, actually. Yeah, that's so that's really interesting. According to Bialik, uh, Tesla took this technology and built it into something even better than the simple degaussing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, so he was able to make an invisibility cloak that supposedly worked on small boats. Mm-hmm. Again, not out of the realm of possibility, because we're doing it with planes, right? So why couldn't you do it with a small boat? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Uh, he couldn't get the technology to work on large ships and eventually gave up the project because it didn't really help to do it on small boats, right? So when you say invisibility, do you mean, what do you mean invisibility to? Well, that's kind of the thing. I don't know if it's invisibility the way the F-35 can be invisible by bending that light mm-hmm. and like reflecting it back at you, or if they were just talking about radar invisibility. Or are they talking about magnetism? Because if you're talking about using uh, degaussing, that's all magnetism. Well, it's definitely magnetism. I'll get to that. It's definitely, like, the problem is this is this is a very science-heavy episode, and we all know that the science is not my strong suit. Okay. So, like, you're going to ask me questions that I'm not going to be able to answer. Okay. Like, I'm, this particular I'm just question. wondering, based on the way that you phrased the information, and and in what it was in relation to It's absolutely topic, magnetism. It's magnetism. So, yes. it's, it, um, I mean, magnetism, it's probably not, like, visible, uh, is, is what I'm trying to say. Like, it's probably invisible to minds. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, you can, um, with degaussing, you can actually, uh, essentially what you're, you're not even getting rid of something's magnetic signature entirely. You're just kind of flipping it from, like, positive to negative. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would repel rather than attract. Yeah, in a sense. Everything has a magnetic field. Mm-hmm. Everything has a magnetic field. Most of the time it's very light on most things but uh you got to think that a boat is generally a big hunk of metal a collection of a big hunk of metal Mm -hmm. traveling through the water and i mean we can get into the science of it of like as it travels through the earth it uh it collects a magnetic charge and um uh or it decreases its magnetic charge depending on how it's going going through the earth's magnetic field which is changing its charge as well but um, that's what's changing its charge, rather. Um, but I have a feeling that that's the invisibility that they're referring to, based on the information and how well, you provided it. Well, that that's me. basically just what Einstein had done, and Tesla took it a step further, apparently. So I don't think that's right. Okay. And you'll understand when I get a little okay, further. Okay. That's not what we're talking about. So he couldn't do it on large ships, and he gave up the project. At which point, Dr. John von Neumann, uh, who worked on the Manhattan Project making nuclear weapons, took over the cloaking project from Tesla. Okay. Um, According to Bialik, von uh, Neumann was able to succeed in masking a cannon-class destroyer, the USS Eldridge, and, like, masking, like, it is not visible to the eyes, Mm -hmm. is what supposedly he was able to do. The success was attributed to a Tesla invention called a zero-time reference generator. The device supposedly locked onto the Earth's magnetic fields and acted as a cosmological reference with the electromagnetic fields at the center of the galaxy, and please don't ask me to explain what that means, because I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> that was a lot of big science words, and no, I don't get it. Mm. Maybe one of you does. I don't get it. 
<laughs> it sounds like using the Earth's magnetic field, they locked onto the the center of uh, uh, what you said, universe, or did you say galaxy, or what you say, galaxy. Yeah, ga- that seems real silly. It does seem silly. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I told you this gets this gets crazy. Okay. Uh, allegedly, Tesla warned von Neumann that the zero time reference generator could cause issues with personnel. But von Neumann continued the experiment anyway, and a special crew was trained specifically for the operation. And on August 12th, 1943, van Neumann ran a second test on the Eldridge, this time with a crew aboard. Mm -hmm. According to witnesses, or maybe just one witness, details are a little fuzzy on (laughs) who actually saw what and if anybody saw anything. But according to at least one witness, the ship became shrouded in a green ozone-laden haze and then disappeared for several hours. Oh, uh, during this time, the ship supposedly traveled through time and then rematerialized back in the shipyard in Philadelphia. See, now that makes sense. It does? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Tesla was right to warn Van Neumann because the crew allegedly suffered a variety of ills. Mm. Some of them were violently sick, some of them engulfed in flames, and others were molecularly bonded to the ship. Oh, that sounds fun. Isn't that awful? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Bialek, as Ed Cameron, and his brother Duncan were both on the ship, supposedly, Mm -hmm. and they ended up in 1983 on Montauk, Long Island. They (laughs) supposedly were sent back to the ship to destroy the equipment so that the ship could return to Philadelphia. Because it was, like, stuck in hyperspace, apparently. Oh, oh. I don't know how they happened to end up in 1983 and the ship was stuck. I don't know. Wait, so when did... Tell me again. So they ended up in 1983 and <laughs> when when did the ship uh, do its its test voyage? 1943. Okay. Okay. I had I knew it was a jump forward. I just wasn't paying that much attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So they were uh, on the crew? Yes, they were on the ship. Uh-huh. And they somehow, both of them, ended up... On Long Island in 1983. Yeah. And then the people in Long Island sent them back to the ship to destroy the technology. Oh, so like the government was waiting for them there. Wouldn't be stuck in hyperspace anymore. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, uh so like they fell off the side of the ship and they happened. This sounds like like a wacky movie. There is a movie about this, apparently. Oh, yeah? yeah. Oh, so that, we, okay. we might check that out at some point, but mm-hmm. yeah, it does sound like a wacky okay. movie. Okay. Um, so, Bialek, as Ed Cameron and his brother Duncan, are sent back to the ship. Mm-hmm. And according to Bialek, his brother jumped off the ship and landed back in 1983 on Montauk. So, he's stuck in 1983 at this point. And oh, no. And Bialek goes back to 1943. Okay. Well, Ed Cameron goes back to 1943. Same person. It doesn't... I'll get there. It's all very confusing. Okay. Uh, so this brings us to our second theory, because they're connected. Okay. Uh, uh, I like another theory yeah, on my theory. I was like, I can't talk about the Philadelphia experiment and then not see this through, because... Okay. Whew, all right. So uh, Montauk is home of Camp Hero Air Force Base. Okay. Now, at this base, the military supposedly was working on the Phoenix Project, which was a wide-ranging study on topics such as black hole simulations and weather control. On the whole, not that crazy. No, but, like, that that, sounds like stuff people would try to study. Yeah, that's a project that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also a company in the area called Brookhaven National Laboratory that some believe is a shadow agency conducting research for the government. All right. 
Brookhaven claims that it researches nuclear and high-energy physics, superconducting magnets and condensed matter physics, and they even have a particle accelerator. Okay. Of their very own. What? Where and how are they hiding it? Underground? No, they they fully oh, they they actually have do one? one. Okay, okay, I like, don't know. It's like fully admitted they have a particle accelerator. Okay, that is something cool. that this company has. Great. Um, they've worked with the Department of Energy and have been credited with many successful discoveries. But mm-hmm. they've also been the bad guy in class action lawsuits over radiation contamination of the neighborhoods uh, around it and their employees. So they oh. exposed. Yeah. people to radiation oh, and they got like that's sued confirmed for it. yeah okay that's a thing yeah um what's not confirmed is whether or not they're a shadow organization for the government <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. but they are a sure. company that does this kind of research okay um so a man named preston nichols claims to have worked at brookhaven during the time of the phoenix project mm-hmm. and he said that during his employment a lot of psychic research was carried out with some of the best psychic minds and also mm-hmm. children and weird dogs sorry about my dog <laughs> The research involved the materialization of objects, teleportation, and the creation of black holes. Basic stuff. Basic, yeah, like, you know, Charles Xavier School of Mutant stuff. No problem. I guess, yeah. I mean, a lot of that stuff is, um, well, I don't know the math personally, um, it, it's like teleportation is like very, very, very super high level energy stuff. I mean, kind of like what you mentioned, but Mm -hmm. like almost impossibly high or in most cases, impossibly high. Do you mean teleportation is a thing that can actually happen? Physically, yeah. Oh. Actually, um, there is, uh, there are, they believe electrons do minor teleportation, actually. Um, that's kind of a, that's a pretty strong theory in a lot of cases, but, uh, um, they, uh, electrons do more of a jump around than we're taught in school. Like, they don't orbit the way we think they orbit. That's a really good way to look at electrons, but there's actually, um, there's actually some really prevailing, um, evidence that shows electrons will, like, phase in and out and teleport. Huh. Yeah. Like, they just disappear from existence and come back in and, um, yeah, so, uh, Huh, I did not know um, that. That's super fascinating. And, and that's stuff that they're, they they test with the... I mean, it's been a long time since I've, I've looked over that stuff. But, yeah, teleportation at a very, very tiny, like, molecular level... Is possible. Is, is reasonably possible. But, um, like, once you start getting to scales in which, like, the macro scale in which we would be, like, concerned with... Obviously, from a scientific point of view, scientists and researchers and engineers are going to care about the uh, the micro, but us, we're going to probably care about the macro. It's, like, impossibly high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's also, uh, black holes are um, theorized to be essentially wormholes, which are teleportation portal kind of thing. I didn't know that either. Yeah. I learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. Uh... Okay, well, so one of the psychics used for the Phoenix Project was Duncan Cameron. Okay. You remember this name? Uh, Duncan Cameron? Mm-hmm. I thought Ed Cameron. Ed Cameron is the brother. Oh, so this okay, is the Duncan. guy that jumped off the ship and okay. got stuck in 1983. Oh, okay. So this was in 1983 or mm-hmm. after? Yeah, yes. okay. Uh, so he's Bialik's brother. And at this time, Al Bialik is the psychic program manager at Montauk. Okay. I know. I'm I'm really sorry you guys keep up with me because this is very confusing. Yeah, yes. So at this point, I know it's been kind of weird, but this story gets super crazy now. All right. This is where it starts. 
Apparently, during Duncan's time as a psychic, he lost his ability to lock into time <laughs> and started aging one year for every hour that passed. Oh. Which is real garbage. That's uh, not the greatest way to die. No. So the time... <laughs> I can't even. So the time engineers at Montauk went back in time to 1950 and convinced Duncan and Bialik's father to sire another son. Mm-hmm. So he did. And Duncan's soul was removed from his rapidly aging body and placed into the body of the infant. Okay, so um, there was some dark magic going on here, Dark too. magic going on. So this is also how Ed Cameron came to be uh, Al Bialik. Apparently his soul was taken out of his old body and put into a new body, and he somehow ended up working at Montauk with his brother. Uh, okay, so... Why? And why change your name? Well, I that's that's kind of what I was wondering, too, because I was like, well, why did... But Duncan didn't change his name. I guess for... I guess because... He like Ed Cameron lived out his life right in his timeline in 1943, uh-huh. right? And so then they just took his soul and put it in a new body in 1983. Wait, so it wasn't Duncan; it was Ed that was moved into a new body. Both of them have been now. Oh, so boy, Duncan, 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 <laughs> 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 Duncan. Lost his ability to lock onto time and started yeah. rap- rapidly aging. Uh-huh. So the time engineers at Montauk went back in time, yeah. convinced Duncan and Ed's dad to have another son. A third son, yeah. And then they took the soul out of Duncan and put it into that third son. Right, and that is... Um, Still Duncan. Oh, that one, he stays Duncan. He stays Duncan. <laughs> For some reason, I'm not entirely sure why, the time engineers also thought it prudent to take... Ed's soul put it in a new body in the future in 1983, uh-huh. and his name is Al Bialik, and somehow both of them work at this uh, crazy company yeah. researching black holes and stuff. Okay, so weren't these guys just sailors in the beginning, in the 40s? I don't even know if they were necessarily sailors, because it doesn't say in any of the literature yeah. what they were, but they were on the crew. They were on the ship. And they've done some they've done some crazy wacky time adventures into the future. Yes. They've gone back into the past. Well what nope, nope. Duncan stayed in the future, right? Duncan stayed in the future. Duncan stayed in the future, right? Ed went to the past. Ed went to the past. His soul was picked out of his Ed body and put into Al body. Wait, when in he the was in, in the future. Hold on, hold on. When I, I gotta work through this timeline on my own to really get the pieces <laughs> together. Alright. So Duncan's in the future, Ed's in the past. Yes. Alright. Ed makes it to the time frame. He ages like a normal person up to 1983. That I don't know. With with his brother Duncan, right? We so don't, Ed we... and Duncan now exist in the same time frame. I have to. I'm trying to make some sort of connection here so I can rationalize okay. some All stuff. Right. Ed and Duncan now exist in the same time. Duncan is a young man. Ed is an old man. Sure, we'll he's go got with 40 that. years on him, so he's at least in his 60s, I would imagine, or mm-hmm. somewhere close to it, right? Duncan's still in his 20s. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then, Duncan's still in his 20s, mm-hmm. loses his connection on time, mm-hmm. starts aging uh, a year per hour. Yes. Right. I imagine the calculations aren't exact on, you know, that, but we'll go with it. So he's, I'm sure you can see the wrinkles forming on his face right then and there. Okay. So then, 
the worried scientists are like, we've got to go back in time. <laughs> I know, I don't know so why they go back in time, and they convince the father to have a third child. Do Okay, and I'm assuming they take Duncan with, right? Or maybe, oh, nope, not yet. Because then they got to go back in time again after, you know, nine to ten months later, after the child is born, or close to being born, right? And then they do some crazy magic to take Duncan's soul out of him and put it into the baby. And now Duncan became Al. No, no, Duncan's still Duncan. Duncan. Duncan's still Duncan in the new baby. The new baby's named Duncan. So theoretically, in the past... There are two Duncans. Yeah, so so the father's like, all right, I've got two boys. I've got... uh, I've got Ed, and I've got Duncan, and I've got Duncan. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and he raises Ed, Duncan, and Duncan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, right, right. No, 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 because this is after uh, Duncan has disappeared, because it's 1950. Oh, okay, so this is later. Okay, mm-hmm. so Duncan's Duncan's in the future at Already. this point. Okay, yes. I get so it. So Duncan's All right. gone. All right. So either way, his three boys, Ed, Duncan, and Duncan, <laughs> yes. you know. It's like Ed, Ed, and Eddie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so then Duncan... Okay, so by the time he gets to the 80s is, you know, 30-something, right around 30. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, and now uh, now he's with his 60-year-old brother. Uh-huh, but somehow uh, Ed has also been transposed, but is now Al. When did this happen? When I did don't Ed know. Al, that's what I'm Ed trying to Al? explain to you. Okay, that's, see, I was trying to figure out, like, maybe we We understand something. there is some... I'm not even going to say evidence. I, Bialik claims that this is what happened to Duncan. Okay. This is all Bialik saying this. There was a small blurb on one website from some guy that apparently did the soul transfers that that also was done with Ed, and that's why Ed became Al. I don't understand why Ed became Al, but Duncan stayed Duncan. I don't know why that was the choice. It was a one-sentence blurb, and I was like, okay. Because okay. at first I was like, I guess Al's, like, reincarnated Ed. Alright. All, all I feel I mean, like... We've I... done reincarnation episodes, fine. But no, he was apparently soul-transferred as well. I don't know when. I don't know how. I don't know why. Okay, well, I feel like we're caught up and we can move on. Okay. I'm caught up. I was definitely lost. Uh, <laughs> but I'm awake now. Uh, Alright. Yeah, I told you. So... New Duncan picked right back up where old Duncan left off and mm-hmm. was one of the foremost psychics at Montauk Experiments. Okay. Apparently, Duncan accidentally created a monster similar to Bigfoot that they called Junior. Okay. And it attacked the base and the project was abandoned on August 12th, 1983, exactly 40 years after the Philadelphia Experiment. Okay, so Duncan created Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> In 1983. Yes. Okay. And that just happened to be on the same day that the project started? 40 years later? It's the same day as the Philadelphia Project, but 40 years uh, later. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like it's a reunion of We've come full things. circles. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I'm, I mean, I would assume that on August 12th, 1983 was when Duncan initially showed up in Montauk. Okay, okay. If you were going by... The Gregorian calendar? If, well, like, <laughs> if you were in August 12th, 1943, and you time-traveled, Would it still might be you 12th? also be in August 12th, 1983? But no. then that doesn't make sense, because if you just stayed in 1983, 
he did all of this in like eight months. I don't know. This is can this I... one's bad because it's time travel and it's confusing. Okay. Can can, can you what? Oh, uh, I just kind of was. I was gonna digress a little bit and tell you my biggest problem with time travel, but I think we should finish on this stuff before I do that. <laughs> Maybe put it on, on the end. Tangent. Maybe put yeah. it on the end. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh. So. Um, oh, what's something like a little interesting tidbit? I didn't even write this down, but apparently Stranger Things was loosely based off of this, and the oh. Demogorgon is is the Bigfoot. Oh, that was yeah, created. That was created uh-huh. from the psychics off yeah. of, because of government. So what happened to this Bigfoot thing? It's in the Upside Down now. It's still there. It, oh. Apparently. Oh, having having Bigfoot babies. Having well, if, if it can find another Bigfoot. Wow. Or it's dead now because 1983, but I don't know. Hmm. How long do Bigfoots live? Uh, we need a, a Bigfoot expert. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to contact our resident Bigfoot expert and ask him how long Bigfoots live. What's the pluralization of Bigfoot? I would think it's Bigfoots. Bigfoots? Yeah, I don't or think do it's like Bigfeet. Do you have a herd of Bigfoot? Yeah, like a herd of moose. Like a herd of moose, yeah? Maybe. Yeah. That's another question for uh, a, a Bigfoot, Bigfoot expert. expert. <laughs> Okay, so any witnesses <laughs> to all of this at Montauk uh, were subject to mind control and had their memories erased and false memories planted. Mm. However, these techniques were not foolproof, and over time, the original memories slowly returned. So Duncan has supposedly been slowly slowly recovering his memories and claims to have been to Mars while working at Montauk and remembers Bialik as his brother. Oh, does yeah. Bialik remember him as his brother? Yeah, like, Bialik knew the whole time. Oh, he didn't have his brain. Why was it done to Duncan? I don't know. You'd think that the two of them would have been free from all that brain... I, I don't know. But Bialik knew the whole time. Stuff. Huh. So, uh, if you or any listeners wanted to delve deeper into the Philadelphia Experiment or the Montauk Project, we could get a PC DVD from Bialik.com. Containing 26 hours of MP3 audio oh. and 16 hours of video, all for the low price of $29.99, including shipping. Uh, the website isn't run by Bialik as he passed away in 2011 after mm-hmm. suffering several strokes, uh, but it's yeah. still up and running and apparently still selling crap. And uh, When was Bialik born? I don't know. I don't know how old he was when he died in 2011. Okay. Okay. Because that just kind of gives me, like, I'm trying to think of you know they talk about all this soul switching all soul switching and like time well, travel time, yeah and uh apparently in the beginning the time travel made everyone sick and and uh fused to ships and now they just do it willy-nilly which technology advances mm-hmm. like i'm not saying that that's not you know but where where and when did that happen or is when even the question because it's time travel, so time travel. when when is ubiquitous? It's just at at any time. Yeah, I mean, there's it's whenever. Yeah, uh, there's 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 theories that um, I mean, the time is the the fourth dimension. Actually, that's another that pretty is much one agreed. Of the things, is uh, I think Bialik was the one who was like, oh no, so here here's the thing: time is fourth and fifth dimension. And fifth, mm-hmm. mm. which was like a big conversation about the time locks, but I wasn't I wasn't gonna delve too deeply into that because I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like this, it's. Time travel is not something I can wrap my feeble little mind around very well. Well, so. I have no idea about fifth dimension with time. I've never heard that. But the whole idea is that, like, if you, um, 
if you have we have a in our three dimensions we have x y and z right you understand that mm-hmm. right well then you would add um uh I don't know what's normally represented for it, but you'd add another access. Mm-hmm. Axis. Axis, yes, not access. Mm-hmm. Um, axis to that, mm-hmm. which essentially um, a good representation, I guess, to that is looking at two-dimensional, which is like drawing on a piece of paper. Um, you have uh, your X and your Y axis. Ax- I can't keep saying that wrong. Mm-hmm. Axis. Um, but you can physically draw things that look Mm three-dimensional on a piece of paper, right? Though it never actually is three-dimensional. So the idea is a two-dimensional being could understand Mm three-dimensions, right? Or at least perceive Mm three-dimensions. Just like us living on a third dimension can perceive the fourth dimension, but we don't actually have any control over it. Okay. Right, and that's that. Mm-hmm. time there was right? a there was a movie we saw that i feel like you loved a lot was it interstellar uh-huh interstellar yeah. has some time well that talks about that like starts, the, the yeah. time dimension and that talks about time dilation and einstein's uh uh einstein essentially ties together um space and time mm-hmm. and mathematically it works out beautifully um and um essentially the more mass there is um the slower time goes also the faster you move the slower time goes um but i don't know how much that has to do with this episode and <laughs> uh me neither yeah uh, the only time travel we really know and can confirm is forward time travel yeah i guess like because if you're you go from the west coast to the east coast in an airplane you have changed we're traveling through time right now Oh, if there's a fourth dimension of time, and we are traveling. We're traveling. We are technically traveling forward through time. So we can perceive the fourth dimension, mm-hmm. but we can't alter it. Okay. We can alter everything else in our three dimensions. We can't alter the fourth dimension, but we can perceive it. See? You understand mm-hmm. how that how that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, still kind of a lot to wrap our brain around, but still... Um, I told I you know. this was a crazy one. It is a crazy I told one. you it started crazy. out where I was like, I'm, "This is this is totally believable." The government does these experiments. Okay, I get it. And then it just, yeah, went yeah. down some crazy rabbit hole, and I was like, "This is no longer believable." Yeah, you could have told me you're like, oh, "In the '60s, the the U.S. government started trying to work on time travel." Uh, I believe they I probably like, did. Oh yeah, absolutely. I believe that we're still sense. trying to work out time travel. Yeah, probably. Um, like I said, though, like mathematically, so time travel and wormholes and all that stuff all kind of works, kind of comes together. And I'm not, I'm not a physics major by any means, but um, uh, you start running into the problem with like, like the same issue that you have with um, traveling the speed of light. Um, essentially, you reach a point where the amount of energy required is infinite if you have any mass mm-hmm. infinite energy okay right that just doesn't obviously doesn't where compute. do we get that yeah. you can't get infinite uh you can't get that kind mm-hmm. of energy but if you don't have mass well that's a big fat zero and everyone knows multiplication times zero, zero is zero, zero which is why light which has no mass can travel at the speed of light yeah. all electromagnetic waves can travel because at the speed no of light mass. because they have no mass, that right? Sense. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, sound uh, is not an electromagnetic wave, right? That's a that's 
that's vibrations mm-hmm. generally through air that's how we perceive it um that doesn't travel at the speed of, of light, light because it requires a medium in order to uh but to travel. we can travel at the speed, speed of sound, sound is relative is speed of yeah we can travel greater than that mm-hmm. right but speed of um because we can provide enough energy to break that boundary mm-hmm. um but uh speed of sound is relative to whatever the medium is actually um technically speaking like a hot day versus a cold day sound is slightly different um a humid day versus a non-humid day it's slightly di- it's marginally different like it doesn't really matter but i want to uh, say my my biggest pet peeve because i remember my biggest pet peeve with like time travel and i mean like the science fiction like you go mm-hmm. back in time uh is and this might anger some flat earthers <laughs> all right so the earth is spinning right uh-huh very quickly uh-huh so to time travel and to time travel to the exact location that you are in mm-hmm. you have to calculate the spin of the earth mm-hmm. to plant yourself in the same location okay right so there there's that all right also the earth has a wobble you're right so that changes the location a little bit oh so you would have to figure so have out to what calculate. the wobble was at that exact time yep okay right which it's can possible. be it's possible it can be done possible. um problem is is like none of that is exact because things change the wobble, things change the rotation, water. Uh, I mean, if we were to take all the mass... Actually, we've scientists have, have calculated that we as humans have changed the rotation of the Earth. Huh. Slightly. Fascinating. Um, by Usually in dams, by collecting water in locations, crea- um, creating large pockets of mass. Mm-hmm. But anyways, so there's those two factors. Uh, the Earth is uh, spinning around the sun, rotating the sun. So now... You have to calculate where was the Earth when it was rotating around the sun. Where was it spinning around the sun? Mm-hmm. Okay, right? yeah. Where right? was it in orbit? Mm-hmm. Where was it in orbit when it does that? And on top of that, our solar system is rotating around the greater center of our galaxy. So not only that, now mm. we are moving through space in so many dimensions. So Time travel would... Well, I'm not saying impossible. I'm saying inconceivably difficult, uh, difficult mm-hmm. to to triangulate, and that's ignoring the uh, the the problem that is just traveling through the fourth dimension, other than forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Did I blow your brain a little bit? A little bit. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Skyance. Uh, Skyance. <laughs> yeah. Well, the truth is somewhere, and some mathematician probably knows it and is hiding it from us. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm just not smart enough to find it for this one. No, I mean, I'm not. I have a, I have a, a grasp of the concepts, but like the building blocks, I don't see them. Yeah, I don't, I don't know them. That was a doozy, though. It was. This I probably, a, I made it a good one. You uh, got, you made it way more of a doozy <laughs> than I already was like. Well, you had me. Well, I was like. Uh, I ended up, like, started started drawing out, like, a timeline, like, a mini timeline. <laughs> I was like, wait, this person, wait a second, hold on. So, Imagine yeah. how I felt as I was reading it, because I was like, wait, who's Ed? Wait, who's Al? No, wait! <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I'm willing to bet me having to go back and us travel over those pieces and get the timeline all squared away was probably necessary for a few listeners. Probably. At least, I helped were, at least one person There was probably there. someone in their car that was like, I don't... I don't understand. <laughs> oh no! I I I looked at the, I made I looked at the sign and I lost track of what I was listening to. <laughs> yeah. 
Sorry about that doozy, but also you're welcome because this one was fun. This was a fun one. Yeah. 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 We haven't had a, like a real good doozy of a conspiracy like this in a while. Yeah. 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 So that was a good time. That's what I got for you. So Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TTIS Podcast. Uh, email us at the truth is somewhere podcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group, TTIS Podcast Group. All of that pertinent information can be found on our website, the truth is somewhere.com. All right, the truth is somewhere, guys. Keep looking.